What a great pleasure to be here tonight. I have heard about this organization, and this is my first opportunity to meet you all. Uh, meeting the students on the deck and talking to many of my future students was a great thrill. Uh, I certainly understood on the, desk, on the deck really for the first time what Einstein meant when he said success was mostly perspiration and not inspiration as we perspired together up there and talked about the future of many of you and what you will be doing. Uh, Director Sessions reminded me when he talked about the Soviet Union of a, a story that has some meaning to me. I was in the Soviet Union a few years ago representing some young dissidents. And uh, one of the uh, people asked me to tell her a story that typified America. I thought for a minute, and I said, all right. The story I told her was about poor Mr. Schwartz, who got sick up in Boston and was taken to Massachusetts General Hospital, the fanciest pavilion where actors go and where presidents go. He stayed there for one day, and he said, I've had it up to here. I'm going to the Beth Israel Hospital, the small hospital down the road. Young intern at Beth Israel, who wished he could be an intern at Mass General, was a little jealous, said, Mr. Schwartz, I think you agree with us then, that the medical care as Mass General is not what it's cracked up to be. And Schwartz says, no, 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 the medical care is fine. I, I, I can't complain. He said, then it must be the technical stuff. No, 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 the x-rays are wonderful. I can't complain. Then is it the food? No, 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 the food is sensational. I can't complain. He said, then why did you switch to our hospital? And Schwartz says, simple, here, I can complain. And that, I told this woman, is the essence of America. Here, we can complain. And, oh, our Constitution, our Constitution uses fancy language. It talks about the right to petition our government for redress of grievances. But that means the right to complain. And what I wanted to talk about tonight, I know we're supposed to talk about success and we're supposed to talk about careers. I want to talk about the career of a man who preserved for us for so many years the right to complain and the right to be Americans. And the man I want to speak tonight, who is an inspiration to me and I hope will be an inspiration to you, is the great Justice Thurgood Marshall, who resigned from the Supreme Court yesterday. What an inspiration to all of you young people here tonight. The great-grandson of a slave. His name was his great-grandfather's name, Thorough Good, which he changed to Thurgood. He was a man who was brought up in an apartheid system. He looked around and he saw no hope. What hope was there for a black man in America in the 1920s and the 1930s? Segregated schools, separate but unequal schools, a segregated bar, no opportunity to achieve the kind of education that you have been privileged to receive. But Thurgood Marshall would not accept what the United States was. He would not even accept what the great Constitution of the United States had given us. As he said later in his life, what was the Constitution? It was a document, after all, written by white male Protestant landowners who regarded blacks as three-fifths of a person and women as no person at all. He wanted a change, and he wanted to change America in the most fundamental of ways. And when you think about the man's life, which is not yet over, and I think he can still make contributions to America by criticizing the institution he has just left in a more open way. But think about the differences he made 
He brought about a peaceful revolution. The director talked about the rule of law. He brought the rule of law alive. Under his guidance and advocacy, the rule of law turned segregated schools into schools which, at least in theory and in some parts of our country in practice, were schools in which African Americans and others could learn together to the benefit mutually of both, to the benefit mutually of all. He was one of the greatest lawyers in American history. And one of the reasons he was such a great lawyer is he didn't try to fit into somebody else's job description. He looked at the world, he looked at his talents, and he said, what can I do to change the injustices around me? He created his own job. He created his own life. He litigated. He won. Didn't win all the time. He saw great tragedy. I'll never forget having lunch with him one day in Washington, D.C., several years ago with Judge David Bazelon and former Justice Arthur Goldberg. We were sitting in a place owned by a man named Milton Kronheim. Some of you probably know him. And he was reminiscing. And he was telling me about a case, telling us all, about a case, a death penalty case, which he lost, in which he saw a man who he thought was probably innocent sentenced to death, and the frustration of not being able to do anything about it. And he said to himself at the time he lost that case, I'm not going to rest until somebody understands the injustice of the death penalty in America. That in America today, we have an apartheid system of capital punishment. It is 10 times more likely that you will be executed in this country if you're a black who's killed a white than if you're a white who's killed a black. And that is unacceptable, this devaluation of black life. And he said he would set about to change that. He tried. He succeeded for a while. And in the last analysis, he was not able to succeed. But what, what a responsibility he had and what a role he played. Just for a moment, think at what America would be like without Thurgood Marshall, what America would be like without lawyers like him, who in the South risked their lives on a daily basis. You know, it's easy for us to be lawyers. We have great lawyers here. Tonight, Arthur Lyman, uh, many others uh, who you know. And we're brave and we're bold. We don't face a bullet. We don't face the kind of risks that Thurgood Marshall faced. And I hope all of you, as you pursue your careers, will keep the career of Thurgood Marshall clearly in your minds. Now he's left. And we heard the director comment on what that will mean for the United States Supreme Court. With all due respect, I offer a slightly dissenting opinion. I think the Supreme Court is moving in a direction of disrespect for the rights of individuals. This is not a conservative court we are seeing emerging. This is a statist court, a court which sees power and centralized government as more important than individual rights. But I urge you not to give up on liberty in America. You students will be coming into political maturity in the beginning of the next century. And I believe this court will have a dominating influence on law, certainly for the next decade and probably more. But liberty is too important to be left to judges. We can regain our liberty in this country. Judges have an enormous influence 
in certain areas of life, but in almost every area, if we have the will, if we have the desire, if we can organize around themes of liberty, even a reactionary statist Supreme Court will not be able to take it from us. It was learned hand, a conservative, a truly conservative judge, who once said, when liberty lives in the hearts of men and women, courts are less necessary. But when liberty dies in the hearts of men and women, courts can do little good. And so I urge you, when you go off to college and to your careers, you have the responsibility to keep liberty alive. Don't count on the courts to do it for you. You have the obligation to proselytize, to teach your classmates and your roommates about the values of liberty. Don't ever accept second-class status. That's what Thurgood Marshall taught us, and that will be his enduring legacy. Don't ever allow a teacher in college or a classmate in college to tell you that one of your ideas is politically incorrect or unacceptable. There is no such thing as political incorrectness in America. Don't allow your teachers to tell you that your ideas are politically incorrect. Go to college with a critical mind, not only toward views that your parents may have given you, that's expected of you when you go to college, but go there with a critical mind toward what your teachers are teaching you. Your teachers don't teach you eternal verities. They have their own ideas and their own opinions. Sit in class with your minds opened. Don't just sit there like a sieve and take notes. Think. Think of what your teachers are telling you. Think back at them. Don't let them think only in one direction. For yourself. The one major point that I want to leave you with in terms of ideas about success really derives from what I said about Thurgood Marshall. I think all the people here tonight that have been successful have really one thing in common. They haven't fit their talents into anybody else's job description. Job descriptions are temporary. Your talents are there forever. Think hard during the next years what your talents are, what turns you on, what motivates you, what you're good at, and then create a career around your talents. Let it be a new career that nobody ever heard of before. Let it be a variation on an old theme, but let it be something that suits you. Don't let your talents have to be squeezed and turned and twisted into somebody else's job description. That's what's so great about America. And I urge one more thing on you. Do well, but also do good. In America, you can do both. And I think almost everybody in this room shares another attribute in common. They have done well by themselves, by their families. We live nice, comfortable lives. But most of us in this room have devoted at least a portion of our time to also trying to do good to voting not only our aspirations for the future, but our memories of the past, to remembering where we came from and where people less privileged than us came from. In one sense, what I'm saying is that in America, you can have it all. You can have it all, 
you can give a great deal of it to those less fortunate than you. You don't have to make compromises with your life. So please, lead your life in the spirit of Thurgood Marshall. When you think about him, none of you has an excuse for not changing the world. Thank you.